absolutely fantastic to see you out this morning on Prize Giving Sunday. And it's also fantastic to see you out every Sunday at Sunday School and Junior Church. Because without you, there would be no Junior Church. And without you, there would be no Holiday Sunday School. So a big thanks for coming along today. And a big thanks to the mums and dads and friends that bring you along so faithfully each Sunday. Now, I'm a relatively new member of the Holiday Sunday School, uh, but in the last two years that I've been involved, it's been absolutely fantastic and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Although some Sundays afterwards, I have to lie down in a dark room. <laughs> I'm supported by an absolutely fantastic youthful team, and I include myself in that statement. <laughs> and rather than explain them to you, I've got some pictures uh, up on the screen. Now, first of all, uh, Lauren is wearing, well, I don't know what she's wearing, but she's wearing, <laughs> she's wearing a smile. And Lauren is a fantastic help to me because she deals with all the crafts that I can't do. So I'm delighted to have Lauren on the team. Next, we have young Emily. She's the one on the left with the glasses. And she's been involved in this long before I was, so I'm indebted to her to help. Next, we have... Young Lewis, who's the most recent recruit. Lewis is, I think he'll probably be the next James Bond, because look how smart he is. He's quite dapper, not unlike myself. <laughs> next picture, we have Rachel and Jenna. Now, yesterday, when I said I was going to take a picture of them, that involved 5,000 selfies. <laughs> and then they narrowed it down to the one that we... It was about quarter to 12 last night, they said, we're down to the last 43 pictures. So we managed to get... It just in time to send to Ian at quarter to three this morning. So thanks, Ian, for doing the PowerPoint. And last but not least, it's myself. So. <laughs> I didn't expect to laugh at that, but I'm, I'm quite offended. Some folk in the church also help me when I'm on holiday. And these people come along and take a shot, a shot at the holiday Sunday school. And I'm very indebted and grateful to these people for helping me out. Now, the main objective of the holiday Sunday school and the junior church is to teach the Bible. But we also build in some fun and games next door. Uh, when we go through the back, particularly, I can speak for holiday Sunday school. And I've got some pictures of the activities to show you, uh, just briefly, by picture of what goes on. Now, here we have young Mason. And the object of this game is to transfer the M&Ms from the left-hand bowl to the right-hand bowl. And in a minute, it's whoever transfers most of the M&Ms wins a prize. Usually a Tonks tea cake. And uh, what he's saying here is he's disputing with the referee <laughs> because he says, I transferred 14 of these M&Ms, but there's only three left. And what he's saying is, somebody ate them. <laughs> and he seems to be pointing at the handsome guy on the right. So anyway... Mason didn't get the turnip tea cake for being cheeky. Anyway, that was, uh, that was one of the games we tried. Next slide. Okay, so Sophie won the turnip tea cake challenge where you have to eat a turnip tea cake without your hands. And Sophie won 8.14 in about three minutes. <laughs> this child is cheating because she flipped it up and then it was gone. It never touched the edges of her throat, actually. She ate, she ate it in milliseconds. Okay, the next slide. Okay, so we have Morvan, who thought it was clever to use three straws to try and get more M&Ms over. She put one in her mouth and two up each nostril. So there you go, and, that was, and she did 473 M&Ms in a minute. Next slide. Okay, so 
older people get involved now and again. It's not pretty, but uh, you can see me here, and I think the word's faster than a speeding bullet springs to mind. So that's us playing uh, Duck, Duck, Goose. The next slide, here we have something that's quite famous. It's been doing quite well with the kids, Pie Face. It used to be in the quiz, if you got something wrong, you get pie face, but they, they wanted, they ended up getting things wrong on purpose. So, <laughs> if you get, so if you've got the question right, you get pie faced. So this child's getting pie faced. Just to show that uh, I take part, I was uh, involved in a rather messy affair, and we had to spend three hours cleaning up the floor afterwards, but I was getting involved in pie face too, and as you can see, they made a right mess of my face. Yes, you're laughing at me, aren't you? That's right. <laughs> you're, you're the pulled the trigger. Okay, next slide. Okay, and at the end of it, it is important that we teach the Bible. So it comes to message time where I give them a message and they'll settle down for a wee sleep at this stage as well. <laughs> okay, and is that it? Okay, that's it. So that's what happens through the back. Now, I wonder if anybody can ask, answer me a simple question this morning. What book do we read and study through the back in holiday Sunday school? What book? Don't let me down here. Don't be shy. Yes, the Bible. Excellent. Now, come on out here, Niffy. Well volunteered. Come on out here. Now, Niffy, but I, actually, I don't call him Niffy. I call him Sir or Big Man because he's huge and I'm quite scared of him. Now, listen, I have a, a Bible with me this morning. It's a very special Bible. Now, every Bible's special because it's the Word of God. But the Bible I've got is extra special. Now, I've got it. Do you like my jacket? fits me quite nicely. Peter said he didn't know I had a wee brother, but uh, that's because it's a bit tight around the waist, so. Now, Niffy, help me, sir, big man. Which pocket do you think my special Bible's in? There's, there's two pockets here, and there's two pockets on the inside. Uh, I think he's in the inside. In the inside, right, so this one here, I should say, is stitched up because I'm a Scotsman, and this one's stitched up because it's got my wallet inside it, so that's those two. The inside one, let's have a look. Oh my goodness, it's a Tonks tea cake. There you go. Well, there you go. There you go, big man. Right. Now, what other pocket do you think it's in? Uh, the, one the, the one at the other side. Let's see what could be in there. Oh, my goodness. It's another tea cake. There you go. Now, don't eat that before your lunch. Okay. So there's not many pockets left. There's just a few down the side. Sneaky wee pockets. See? Do you think it might be in? The, could a Tonks tea cake fit in that? Could if you do that, I suppose. But there you go. Let's see what's in here. It's a turnips. It's a battered turnips tea cake. There you go. There you go, big man. You take that. Okay. So there's only one pocket left. It's down the very bottom. It's the smallest pocket in my wee brother's jacket, Peter. Let's have a look in here. Let's see what we've got. It's a very squashed turnips tea cake. And there you go, young lady. That's for you. There you go. Where's the Bible? Well, the very special Bible I've got is in here. And the reason it's a very special Bible is because it's the smallest Bible in the world. You read what's in the front of that? Holy Bible. Holy Bible. It's tiny. It's the smallest Bible in the world. Now, I wonder if, Niffy, you're quite young and you don't need glasses like me. Uh, I wonder if you could read a verse from me there. <laughs> we finished it one. You can read that. You can't read it. That's right. That's okay. It was a trick question. You can't read it. It's okay. Listen, thanks very much for your help. Go and have a seat, big man. Thank you. Niffy couldn't read the Bible reading because the print was too small. You know, folks, it's okay if you can't read the Bible reading because the print's far too small. But it's wrong if you don't read your Bible 
if your Bible's the normal size, you should read your Bible every day. And it's our hope that you spend time reading a portion of the Bible, not just on a Sunday, but each day and every day. Even start with just a few verses and build on it and try and read your Bible every day. This term in holiday Sunday school, you've learned about Noah and the Ark, the Good Samaritan, Palm Sunday, the Easter story, and many other stories too. And Linda Aiken over in the junior church, she's the junior church superintendent. Now, I've never understood what that word means, but I would reckon she is the chief executive officer for the junior church. And she tells me uh, from her offices that uh, you've also learned the Ten Commandments, Peter and Cornelius, Peter freed from jail, and people that Jesus met. Now, in the Bible story you read so brilliantly well this morning for me, and I really appreciate that, we read about one of these people that Jesus met. He was the Roman governor, wasn't he? Now, can anyone tell me what was his name? Yes, Pilate. Well done, big man. Okay, his name was Pilate. And for a few minutes just this morning, I want to think about a question that this important man asked. The question Pilate asked was a most important question. And it was in verse 21. What shall I do with Jesus? And this morning, I'd like us to ask ourselves that same question. What shall I do with Jesus? And this morning, I'd like us just to focus on these verses for a wee while. In the passage this morning, we read that Pilate was the judge. And he was a very senior official in the Roman Empire. And he'd been asked to charge Jesus, but he could find nothing wrong with what Jesus had done. There was no crime to answer. But instead of releasing Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. This was a very wrong decision. Boys and girls, it's the same today as it was then when people are faced with the question, what shall I do with Jesus? Many don't know how to decide and many make the wrong decision. They don't accept Jesus as the Son of God who came to save people like you and me from our sins. Many people say, I've sinned terribly. I'm too bad. I'm beyond saving. Well, let me tell you that no one is beyond the saving power of Jesus. No one is too bad to be saved from their sins or from the wrong things they've done in life. Let me give you two examples. Firstly, there was a man once called John Newton. Quite famous a while back. Now, John Newton was a terrible sinner. He made money out of being a slave trader, the most despised job in the whole wide world. But one day, he nearly died in a ship off the Irish coast when it was shipwrecked almost, and he thought, I'm going to die here. So he got on his knees, and he said, God, save me. And then he got his knees, and he confessed his sins, and he accepted Jesus into his life. That same man went on to be a minister, and he wrote many songs that we sing in our hymn books even to this very day. He didn't let his terrible sins stop him from being saved by Jesus. Another examples, uh, example, a personal example from my life, when I was a wee boy, sometimes I was bad. Now, I know you find that very hard to believe, but it's true. One time I remember sneaking into my dad's sock drawer and I opened a pair of his socks and I sprinkled itching powder inside the socks. And then I put the socks back at the back of the drawer and I went away laughing and I forgot all about it. Anyway, a week later, my dad came into breakfast one morning and he was complaining of these terribly itchy feet. 
And I burst out laughing, which is the last thing I needed to do. He says, you come with me. And I get into, I get into terrible trouble. When it was bad to my dad, did my father, do you think my father disowned me? Do you think he stopped loving me? Of course not. He simply wanted me to understand that I'd done something wrong, to say sorry, and then he would forgive me. And so it is with God, our Heavenly Father. No matter our sinful past, he will forgive us if we say sorry for our sins and ask forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Our question this morning is, what shall I do with Jesus? Well, Pilate made the wrong decision to sentence Jesus to death because he wanted to be popular with the people. He was more concerned with what people thought of him than about making the right decision. You see, he was afraid of upsetting people. And the people he wanted, that wanted Jesus to be crucified were nearly starting a riot. And that would have made Pilate look very bad indeed. So Pilate made a popular decision. He wanted to be popular with his friends and with the Jewish people who wanted Jesus to be crucified. Being popular was most important to him. And you know, friends, being popular uh, is most important to people today also. The most important thing to many people. Many people are like Pilate and they're afraid of what other people might think of them or say about them if they love and follow Jesus. Many people are afraid of what friends or classmates or workmates or neighbours might, might say about them because they follow Jesus or go to church or go to junior church or holiday Sunday school. They might be afraid or embarrassed about that. But think of it this way. We recently studied in the life, the life of a Christian man who ran the Olympic Games for Scotland about 100 years ago. We studied this. Can anyone tell me his name? Eric Liddell. Excellent. Eric Liddell was his name. Now, Eric Liddell trained hard for months and months and months to be a good athlete and run in the biggest race of his life, the Olympic 100 metres. But suddenly he pulled out of that race. Why did he do that? Who can tell me? Why did he suddenly pull out the race? Yes? Because it was on a Sunday. Because it was on a Sunday, that's right. It was on a Sunday he pulled out the race. Eric wanted to put Jesus first rather than be popular and run a race on a Sunday. Eric was a Christian, you see, and he believed the Bible when it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. You know, many people laughed at Eric Liddell. It was in the newspapers, they scorned him and laughed at him for not running the 100 metre race. But Eric Liddell got the last laugh, didn't he? Because he ended up running another race, the 400 metres that wasn't run on a Sunday. When Eric Liddell was faced with the question, what will I do with Jesus? His answer was to put Jesus first in his life, no matter what other people thought or said about him. And when he ran that 400 metres race, he clutched in his hand a Bible verse. And he ran that race and he won it. And the Bible verse says, those who honour me, I will honour. So what did Eric Liddell do with Jesus? He honoured him. He honoured Jesus. I wonder if you can tell me, how can we honour Jesus today? Can anyone tell me? You were yawning there. Do you have an answer? Were you yawning? Just yawning, okay. How can we honour Jesus today? Give me an answer. Don't be shy. Okay, be shy. We can honour Jesus by obeying him. We can honour Jesus by trusting in him. That's how we honour Jesus. So when people, when we ask ourselves the question, what shall I do with Jesus? 
we should do the same as Eric Liddell and honour Jesus no matter what other people might say or think. Final time, what shall I do with Jesus? Jesus is our saviour. He came into this world to save us from our sins. People like you and me, he came to save us from our sins. But many people think that they don't need Jesus and that they simply do lots of good deeds, they'll go to heaven. If they give to charity, help the poor and lead a good, moral, upright life, they'll, they'll go to heaven. Now, all of these things are really good to do. But first of all, we must accept Jesus as our saviour in order to get to heaven. Jesus said in the Bible, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father, heaven, except by me. Jesus is the only way to heaven, not good works. Jesus told a story of a very proud man who thought his own goodness was good enough to get him to heaven. This is what the man said. He was saying a prayer in the temple, in the church effectively. He says, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, sinners, cheaters, adulterers. I'm certainly, certainly not like this tax collector over here. I'm far better than him. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all my money to you. And Jesus compared this proud man with another man in the corner who was face to the ground and he says, this other man said, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Let me ask you a question. What man do you think relied on Jesus, relied on God to get to heaven? The first man? Yeah. The second man, that's right. The first man was proud. He says, look at how good I am. I deserve to go to heaven. The second man said, I'm a sinner. And I face to the ground. He says, please God, forgive me for my sins. The second man, Jesus said, had the right attitude. He wanted to get to heaven, but he knew the way was forgiveness of sins and Jesus. Boys and girls, that's a story and a half. You see, becoming a follower of Jesus is less about achieving and more about believing. It's not so much what we do for God, but it's more about what we let God do for us. And sometimes God wants to change our lives. And that's difficult sometimes, indeed. God wants to save you and ask you, first of all, to believe in Jesus as your way to heaven. Someone once said, we're saved for good works, not by good works. So to be saved and to go to heaven, we must first of all trust in Jesus as our saviour and not in our own efforts. The Bible says salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What shall I do with Jesus? We should trust in Jesus alone to take us to heaven and not in our own good deeds. Thank you. So, as I finish, let me just say this. The thought this morning about the big question. Let's finish by turning the attention to the big answer. I wonder what your big answer is this morning. Our question today is, what shall I do with Jesus? If you trust Jesus, let me tell you he'll be your best friend. He'll be your most faithful friend. And he'll be there with you during the trials of life. When you become a Christian, I thought naively when I was a much younger man, when you become a Christian, all your problems go away. And I'll have a Ferrari in the driveway. And I'll have a fancy big house. And I'll have lots of hair. These things didn't happen. Didn't happen. But what I will tell you is this. When you go through the trials of life, Jesus is there with you. He's with you as your best friend. It's good to have friends in life, isn't it? Good friends that you can trust. Faithful friends. Sometimes our friends aren't faithful. They're unaware. They, they disappoint us. Jesus will never disappoint you. 
And now that I'm a bit older, I can look back at life and the trials and I can say Jesus was in the trials with me, helping me through these difficult times. If you're here this morning, having trusted in Jesus, no matter how bad or sinful you may have been, if you don't care what people think about you, and in your trust and your faith in Jesus, if you trust in Jesus is not in your own good works, then to use the words of Jesus himself, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're here and you've still to make a decision for Jesus, eh, with the question, what shall I do with Jesus, then I would encourage you to embrace Jesus. Read your Bible. Ask Jesus into your life. Don't leave it too late. I recall leaving Glasgow a couple of weeks ago on a train. And the train came into the platform and I got on the train and I sat down. And there was a girl on the platform with all her friends. And she was high-fiving and kissing and hugging people. And then the beeping noise started in the trains. What does that mean when the beeping noise starts in the trains? That's right. It means the doors closed. And the girl never got on the train. And I was on the train. And I was a wee bit naughty because, you know, I did. As the train slowly pulled away, I got up the window and I waved at her like that. I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't very nice. But anyway, I waved at the girl. She missed the train. My question to you is this morning. Don't miss the train. Make a decision for Jesus. What shall I do with Jesus? I'll accept him. And I would encourage you to accept him as your saviour, as your Lord, and as your best friend today. Thank you very much for listening so much. And thank you, Linda, for these lovely chocolates that you got me earlier on. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for listening.